0: I'm like eight foot faux blonde hair to the flow. You shorties never thought I dreamed about rapping hardcore. (laughs) Howdy. Welcome to Well Cordell. This is the podcast that encourages its listeners to consider getting well. Today I wanted to shift gears. I wanted to cover something not entirely related to health. Next week's episode will be centered around a topic more closely related to health. Today I wanted to switch things up. If you're close to me, you know that I really love music, and in today's episode, I want to talk about the song lyrics that have impacted me the most. You may be asking, what does this have to do with getting well? And to that I say that I'm someone that believes that music has the power to heal. And I'll elaborate on that a little further by laying some groundwork for this episode. Tyler, the creator, has a really interesting tidbit where he talks about the different ways you can listen to music as far as what you tend to listen for in a song. When people listen to a song, there's some that like to listen for the instrumental, and then there's those that pay closer attention to the lyrics. And before I developed my own music taste, I definitely fell into that former category, and I think a lot of us do too. But recently, I realized how much insight I can gain into a song, whether it has to do with a message or providing some backstory about the artist or the band. For example, I first heard the album Rumors by Fleetwood Mac last year. I know I'm really late to the party. And I remember liking Stevie Nicks' vocals and digging its vibe in general. But originally, I didn't gain more than that from the album. And then one day, I'm talking to my friend about music, and I hear him say, Rumors is an album written by people who are cheating on each other, about people who cheat on each other. And I was floored. I was like, whoa, I did not get that on my first listen. And what he said about the album made sense once I actually went back through and paid attention to the lyrics. Like the song, I don't want to know, and how it begins with, I don't want to know the reasons why love keeps right on walking down the line. And hearing that, I'm like, well, shit. So ever since I became someone who pays closer attention to lyrics in a song, I've had several epiphanies. There have been lots of different lines in songs that have made me take a step back, or that helped me with something I was ruminating on. And I wouldn't have had that experience if I wasn't paying attention to the lyrics. So to answer the question we started with, I want to use this episode to encourage you guys to pay closer attention to song lyrics for the purpose of gaining something. And I'm going to share several of my favorite song lyrics and the way they've impacted my life. And before we really get underway, I want to mention that we've already invested in an upgrade for the podcast for this episode. And for all episodes going forward, we have invested in a pop filter for our microphone. That way you guys aren't going to hear popping whenever I say a word that starts with a P, like the word popping. It should be gone. So we're really out here, leveling up our setup. Alright, let's get into the episode. I'm going to be pulling from different artists of different genres, and I'm going to start by talking about an artist, and then focus on the lyric from them that means the most to me. And maybe throw in some honorable mentions. So anybody that knows me at this stage in my life doesn't even have to guess who I'm pulling from first. Because you guys that are close to me have had to bear with me undergoing my phase with this artist because that's how I work. I have artist phases. But I don't think I'm going to regret this phase because this artist is basically the music industry itself. And me saying that finally gave it away. I'm talking about Taylor Swift, the man, T-Swizzle. Not all of you are going to get that reference. There's so many different directions I could go lyrically with Taylor because she's undeniably a songwriting queen. She's one of these artists that really helps vocalize your feelings. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby too. But in all seriousness, I do love Taylor's music and as far as which era is my favorite, I have lover favoritism. I'm actually going to go with something off her Folklore album. It's from the song Invisible String, and I was geeking out about it to my friend at a listening party for Taylor's Speak Now re-recording, and that made me realize how much I love this particular lyric in the song. I already love the sentiment of Invisible String with its chorus. On a surface level, it's a cute little message about fate and how your true soulmate was on the other end of the pain of all your past heartbreaks. It's really something that speaks to my inner child who loves to believe in signs of fate. On top of that, from this song, I also get the message that the pain of your heartbreak is one day going to pay off because the lessons you learn are going to get you to the maturity level you need to treat somebody the way they deserve and with the best version of you. And that message really culminates for me in the last line of the bridge because it breaks off into a new verse after she says this line One single thread of gold tied me to you. And it's not even just the lyric by itself that's making the impact for me, it's also in the way she enunciates that's actually really funny you have to enunciate properly in order to say the word enunciate it's also in the way she enunciates it in the song she actually breaks apart each phrase which really makes it seep in i strongly recommend you go listen after this podcast okay this next artist is an opener on taylor swift's Eris tour but that's not the proper introduction she deserves because phoebe bridgers has released by far the saddest music I've ever heard in my entire life. But my favorite lyric from her is from a song that's melancholy in a different way than all the rest of her material. And I'm going to read from the Genius caption for the song to speak for it, as I don't think I could do it justice. Genius.com says, Chinese satellite delves into Phoebe's struggles with agnosticism and her lack of faith. She expresses her inner desire to make a leap of faith and become more of a, quote, believer, and juxtaposes this with her honest opinion that she simply doesn't believe and can't wrap her head around faith. So there's loads of powerful lyricism in this song about Phoebe doubting her faith. And in the second verse of the song, she brings up evangelicals who are posted up on a street corner holding up picket signs. When I first heard Phoebe sing, But you know I'd stand on a corner, embarrassed with a picket sign, If it meant I would see you when I die. I got full body chills, because I wasn't expecting to hear that take on faith from someone else's mouth. It made me feel heard about the rock in a hard place that I've also been at times with my own faith. She put it into words so perfectly. I just love her honesty with this lyric. The way she enunciates this is in a way that I would have been terrified to say in a Sunday morning small group. There were times growing up in church that I had thoughts like this, and no matter how bad I wanted to voice them, I ended up keeping them to myself because I was afraid of being judged. So to hear Phoebe say this in a song really helped to validate the way that I felt at times. It made me think back on the times I lacked the courage to address some elephants in the room with my faith. And now I approach them in a more open and healthy way. Okay, this next lyric is going to take a complete segue. You guys, bear with me. We're going to switch genres to hip-hop. Everyone who's close to me knows I had an Eminem phase, and I could definitely go there, but I'll save that for maybe a part two of this episode. Because Eminem just isn't in my musical palette right now. The only reason I put on Eminem nowadays is for motivation, with Till I Collapse and Lose Yourself and songs of that nature. I know you guys are sleeping on Won't Back Down though. Definitely go listen to that. But I will bridge over to rapper Kendrick Lamar. And my favorite Kendrick Lamar lyric is from his album Damn. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it. It was always me versus the world until I found it's me versus me. I could go into so much depth with the meanings this line has taken on for me. I'm going to start with its phrasing of me versus the world as I believe it's talking about comparisons. I used to struggle way harder in life with comparisons. What I would do is I would look at a person that had something over me and I would let that make me feel like I was below them. So I would go down this road of trying to outdo them at whatever it was, because I didn't like the feeling that I was below them. And it took me a long time in life to realize that I was just insecure on the inside. And this goalpost of becoming, quote, better than them was just imaginary. It was pointless. I'll give you this example. There was this kid in high school gym class that loved to diss me for being out of shape. I was playing basketball with him and the rest of the group of kids that was in that class, and I just wasn't with it. I'm going to be honest. Everyone who knows me in real life knows what I'm about to say very well, but since you guys can't see me, I'm going to share this with the podcast. So I am six foot five. So if I had a nickel for every time somebody walked up and asked me, Do you play basketball? I could retire. I'd be Jeff Bezos rich. I would not be pursuing all this shit. No psychology, no music, no podcasting. I would be set up for the rest of my life. I would not be here. I would be on my way to my private island saying, later bitches. And it shocks people when I tell them, no, I don't play basketball. I know close to nothing about basketball. When I toss small things in the trash can from a distance, I say for Kobe, and that's about it. So when I was playing it with these kids in the gym, I was uncoordinated to the point that I passed the ball to the other team at one point. (laughs) And I was generally just slow. And this kid started talking mad shit. He said, quote, You are so unathletic. And I could have clapped back, but I laughed it off because I was insecure. But internally, it made me mad. And then another time, he said some shit that at the time rocked me to my absolute core. He said, and I quote, You are the most unathletic person I've ever seen. And it hurt deep inside because he was leaner than me. He was more coordinated than me. But I was choosing to focus on what he had over me and feeling defeated because a lot of work stood between me and quote his level. What I finally came to reckon with is that it was possible to work on my athletic insecurities. But what was going to be required of me to start taking steps towards that was one, personal accountability. And two, to put my foot forward and do the actual work. Focusing on how this guy was ahead of me athletically wasn't productive. And ironically, his need to dog on me for being unathletic probably comes from a place of insecurity inside him as well. The point is, my goal or quote need of becoming more athletic had nothing to do with him and everything to do with me. That's where the latter part of this lyric ties in. I used to think it was me versus the world, Until I found it's me versus me. And I want to go into more depth on me versus me. I've heard several versions of the sentiment of becoming better throughout my life. And the phrasing that ties in with this lyric the best is when my friend first told me to focus on becoming better than I was yesterday. When I hear me versus me, I think about me versus my past self. Versus my old bad habits. Versus my old destructive tendencies. Again, notice how I'm focusing on myself, not someone else to be better than and it's been so fulfilling looking back on myself a month ago a year ago and seeing the progress knowing that I was able to hone in on what was holding me back and successfully complete the work to get to where I am now okay so I don't know if you guys have picked up on it but you know there's the sentiment of my music taste is schizophrenic mine is definitely schizophrenic (laughs) so far we've talked about Taylor Swift Phoebe Bridgers and Kendrick Lamar That is a nightmare blunt rotation. (laughs) Kendrick and Phoebe have absolutely nothing in common. Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar, they have the song Bad Blood together, but that's where the similarities end. (laughs) Okay, so now I'm going to shift over to R&B, and it should be no question who I'm going to bring up to represent R&B, even though there's a lot out there when it comes to R&B. In my opinion... You can't have R&B without Frank Ocean. The album Blonde by Frank Ocean is an album that's up there for me with Igor by Tyler the Creator as far as the best Heartbreak albums I've ever heard. And even though Blonde is my favorite Frank Ocean album, we can't forget he was spitting on Channel Orange on the song Bad Religion where he opens the chorus saying, If it brings me to my knees, it's a bad religion. That is a lyric I am still processing since the moment I first heard it all the way back in December. In fact, as I'm recording this podcast, it just hit me a new interpretation of that lyric that I didn't get before. And that is a testament to Frank Ocean's genius level of songwriting. So I'm going to take just a minute to break this down. There's first the literal sense of this lyric that makes me think of people in the world who belong to these religious cults such as mormonism or even the church of scientology who will run themselves dry and completely devote themselves to the cult and they don't even realize it and it's very sad and the saddest part is hearing him sing brings me to my knees so some people will be getting on their knees literally bowing to something that isn't serving them and what i realized recently is that These lyrics apply across the board to anything you might subscribe to, anything that you're giving intense energy, and it's not serving you back on nearly the same level. If you're giving this thing, whatever it is, intense time and devotion, and in return, it's actually enriching your life, great. But if not, if it brings you to your knees, run. It's a bad religion. So this lyric was originally one of my honorable mentions, and I recorded what I consider to actually be my favorite Frank Ocean lyric, but I was listening back and I realized it's a little bit deep. It's a little bit deep for what I'm comfortable sharing for episode three of this whole podcast. You know, this podcast is approachable and I don't want to get too deep on you guys too quick. I definitely want to make a part two to this episode. I said two (laughs) too. I want to make a part two of this episode and we'll see about including it then. So let me know how bad you guys want to see that episode. How soon you want to see it. Okay. I have one more lyric to talk about today. It's going to be from a folk artist and he's very underground. I'm kidding. It's Noah Khan. I loved sixth season in its entirety. When it came out, it was the soundtrack to a vacation I took with my best friend. And this was last winter. The memories from that vacation are forever ingrained in me, and stick season is strongly associated with that for me. I was so happy to see the announcement for a deluxe edition, and I do love that deluxe all the way through. Guys, I live for the storytelling in Dial Drunk, especially the last part of the chorus. Noah speaking right to his lover says, I don't like that when they threw me in the car, I gave your name as my emergency phone call. Honey, it rang and rang. Even the cops thought you were wrong for hanging up. Noah, are you serious? The cops are the ones that think you're being emotionally unavailable. The song that sticks out to me on the deluxe is Call Your Mom. And one particular lyric from Call Your Mom is my favorite out of Noah's whole discography because it has a unique meaning for me. I don't know if anyone else interprets it the same way. He says, don't let this darkness fool you. All lights turned off can be turned on. So I'm going to be interpreting this line through the lens of trauma. Trauma is something that has the potential to numb you as a person, whether it results in you becoming less excited about things you used to be excited about, or it's harmful to your creativity. And my brain has taken that concept and made this metaphorical connection that I'm going to share. I have related the way a light bulb dims over the course of its life to the numbness that occurs having experienced trauma and hearing all lights turned off can be turned on makes me think about a healing journey that somebody takes after experiencing trauma the sentiment that healing is possible is just beautiful to me and full disclosure i do have a personal experience with trauma i just don't want to share it yet as a way to further drive this metaphor home i want to bring up one more lyric from taylor swift it's off her song innocent off the speak now album and she sings your string of lights are still bright to me again with the lights i'm taking that and relating it to the same concept i talked about dude if another person came up to me and said your string of lights are still bright to me i think that might just heal my inner child i think that would single-handedly be the starting point of a whole new boat cordell oh i need to mention that with both "Call Your mom and innocent The lyrics do mean something else in context of the song, but hey, music is subjective, and I'm taking both of those and applying personal meaning to them. And that's how we're going to wrap up this episode. Let me know if you guys want a part two to this episode, because there's definitely way more lyrics that I could dive into that have personal meaning for me. I hope this episode encourages you to think of ways that your favorite song lyrics are meaningful to you. If you weren't listening to lyrics and music before, now you probably are. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave me a five-star rating, and I will see you for next week's episode of Well Cordell.